corporate culture. This is Industry Focus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Industry Focus Financials Edition. My name is Gabby LaPera. John Maxfield is on the phone. This week, we're talking about corporate culture, as inspired by that New York Times article from a couple of weeks ago. Um, we we got a little distracted last week with that little market correction business that happened, but uh, we're right back on track with some exciting stuff this week. Um, I don't know if you've read this article, but if you have, uh, you'll remember that it, it talked a lot about the corporate culture at Amazon, that it's really hard driving, long hours, and maybe unrealistic expectations. There's horrible stories in there about people getting laid off because they weren't producing as much because they were diagnosed with cancer. And just stories to that effect. Um, so my question is, like, what what do you think about this? Do you think this is true? Like, well, so 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 here's here's the deal, right? So the article comes out in New York Times that basically slams Amazon right on its culture, and and the issue is that they are making the point. The authors of the, in, of the New York Times piece are making the point that Amazon tr- drives its employees too hard. That it puts its corporate objectives that is profitability and growth, above you know, the happiness of its employees. And then in the wake of that, and you know, we talked about this before the show, there's a bunch of articles that have come out that have said, look, these, these things are inaccurate. Jeff Bezos personally wrote, um, he refuted it in an article. Another employee of Amazon refuted a lot of the points in an article. But then a lot of other employees, that are ex-employees of Amazon, come out and said this, these things followed, you know, kind of, they were consistent with their experience. So the question is, well, you know, is this actually a problem at Amazon in terms of this culture? And this, and this is what I would say, that, you know, we come at this from an editorial standpoint, right? We publish work, we write about stuff, we investigate companies um, and, and do research and analysis on them. And so the question is, when you have an article like this about a company, it, you know, how should an investor approach that? How should an investor tease out the information, particularly when you have stuff from opposite sides. And I, in my opinion, that is a really, really interesting thing for investors to think about. Absolutely. I think that for investors, it's something that they need to think about. Like, one, do they care about this? Because some people don't care at all. They just care whether or not the company is going to be profitable. Um, on the other side of that, you have people who think, well, if a company treats their workers a certain way, perhaps they're going to increase productivity that's going to drive revenue, which is, I think, what you're seeing when you look at companies like, say, Google or Apple, who are famous for all their perks, right? Like laundry on campus and gyms and subsidized food and rooms full of play ball pits. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but it might be. Um, <laughs> I want a, a room full of play ball pits. Whatever that is, I don't know what that is, but I want to be at that company. <laughs> I know. It sounds wonderful, right? But um, it gets to kind of this question that that is really common in the corporate world. Is it better to incentivize your workers or terrorize them to get them to produce better? Yeah, and I think it's a really good question. And, and particularly when this isn't just your typical company, right? I mean, this is Amazon.com. And just to, just to put this into context for, for listeners, Amazon, I think it was just this year, passed Walmart, right, to be the biggest company, retail company in the United States by market cap. Now, it's not the biggest in terms of revenue. Walmart is still much larger in that regard. But think about that. Think about what you would need your employees to do in order to go up against an industry stalwart, not just an industry stalwart. I mean, we are talking about one of the biggest 
best run, most efficient, most experienced companies in the entire world. Amazon goes up against it and is beating it. And now the question is, is it pushing its employees too hard to do so? And I would say it's really hard to tell from you know, kind of the back and forth in these articles whether it is or whether it isn't. But what I would say is coming at this from a writer, here's, what, here's how this, this type of thing can go, the, the, how, how this type of article can come about. The writers, and these are writers for the New York Times, and the writers for the New York Times, these are very smart people, right? I mean, these are ex- exceptionally good investigative journalists, exceptionally good writers, in- in- incredibly in- intelligent people, right? But what can happen in situations like this is you can follow the story too far, and that can impair your objectivity. So they can get, you know, like, sure, everybody at some point has a complaint about their employer, right? So if you just focus on complaints, you can, you can even at The Motley Fool, and we're one of the, you know, what we're constant or on a regular basis, we come out on top of employers in terms of employee satisfaction year and year again in our peer group. But even we would have employees, right? That would be like have some type of oh, yeah. you know, complaint Go about the Go right? There's definitely a few complaints on there. Most of them right. are positive, but like, you know, everyone isn't always 100% suited to their workplace. Right. And so if you're just focusing on that, and in behavioral finance, they call that representative bias or, or availability bias, then of course you're going to be able to paint a really gloomy picture. But as you know, those reputations showed, there is a, certainly another side to the story here. Yeah. And I think maybe something to consider is another one of the articles that I read in, in connection to this Amazon piece is a, another tech worker who worked for, I believe, Microsoft and Google. And he said, like, long hours, that's not something that's exceptional to Amazon. That's something that happens in all the tech companies. Um, and I think it's also really important to remember that crazy hours and this like insane drive to produce isn't limited to the tech industry. Financial institutions are renowned for really, really long hours and super high expectations. But I think that the the, the role that maybe corporate culture plays in financial institutions might be a little bit different than in tech companies. Yeah, it, I agree with you. So culture is an incredibly important thing, right? Because in, in my opinion, what is so important about it is that if you have a model that is working, right, what you need is that model to make it from you know, one generation of leaders to the next generation of leaders to the next generation and on and on and on. And the question is, how do you bridge each of those gaps? And it is my opinion that culture is the way that you do it. And in financial institutions in particular, the, the real struggle is balancing the objective of driving revenue growth, which you do by making loans. And basically, if you want to make loans, you can make loans all day long, every day, so long as you set the interest rate low enough and you reduce your credit, your credit, quality, your credit policies low enough. You can, you, I mean, you can just drive revenue you know, till the cows come home. But the problem is that if you do that, when the credit cycle turns down, you, you're going to have a lot of loan losses. And that could even put your bank at risk of failure. So you have to balance that with really robust risk management. So in my mind, I think of it as a barbell. On one side, you have robust revenue growth. The other side, you have robust risk management. Balancing those two things, which are inconsistent with each other, that's where culture comes into play. And to, to ensure that, that, you know, that a bank or another type of financial institution can make it through multiple cycles, you've got to make sure you have that culture that, that, it, that is balancing those two things, make, uh, uh, bring, uh, bridging those gaps between various generations of leaders. And you think the way that they do this is through their long hours or... Oh, well, I mean, you know, that's just, you know, that is a component of culture. So in the financial institutions in particular, the problem is that, you know, you have your revenue growth, your revenue drivers, 
right? And they're making all this money for the firm. And so when the, when the cycle, when everything is going well in the economy, they're making more money and more money, more money. They gain prominence in their firm and they make it to the top. Well, what happens then is that if they gain too much prominence are put, and are put above their risk managers, that's when you have problems. So your culture has got to be able to keep your risk managers at the top of the hierarchy. And that seems really easy in theory, but as we've seen time and time again through histories and cycles and banking cycles and panics and all these different things, that is much easier said than it is done. Yeah. I think that maybe maybe it's because we have access to the internet and it's just so much information is just so much more available. But um, there, there have been a few deaths in the banking industry recently and the banks, I don't know if it's in response to this or just in general, they decided to to institute these policies. But, for example, Goldman Sachs uh, told their interns that they need they couldn't be in the office between midnight and 7 a.m. and that they needed to go home for at least one weekend every month, I believe. Maybe it's a little bit more. That That's crazy. Like most people, when they're eight, they don't think, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a white-collar job and I'm going to work 100 hours a week. Like people don't think that growing up. Um, do you think- well, I, I will say this, Gabby, that um, I'm not sure that's true because – you know, if you think about in, in some portions of the country, that's that maybe maybe there's some validity to that. But I would say I grew up in an agricultural community, and if you look at the United States, you know, kind of on a map, like a lot of this country is agricultural, even still, even in this modern day and age. And and when you grow up in that type of community, I mean, basically all you know is work from morning until night, and like and that's basically that's how you define your life. That's where you divide, drive your pride from. And so, hundred hour weeks. You know, in, in, in that type of world is certainly very familiar. And another another world that's really familiar is is in law. I mean, you you hear these horror stories about these law firms, right? These top law firms where they have to bill two thousand hours a year. Well, if you break that down, that means you gotta be working eighty, ninety, hundred hours a week to get that type of billable hours on you know, you know, on, on an annual basis. And you look at doctors, top doctors are the same the same way. One of our colleagues, Morgan Housel, I think has said it best. If you want to succeed Really, it's fundamentally about whether you're willing to sit in a chair for long, enough hours during each day uh, in order to do that. So it, the hard work thing is one thing, but to to mistreat employees, of course, is an entirely different thing in and of itself. I mean, do you think that these employees are more effective because they're working 80 or 90 hours a week? That's I the think question. the studies are pretty clear that you know once you pass a certain point, I don't know exactly what that point is, is 50 hours, 60 hours, 40 hours, certainly your productivity goes down on an hour-for-hour basis. But a lot of it is just showing your employer that you are committed to the common cause and just being present is one way, I, I think, in a lot of industries um, that people do that. I guess that's true. I mean, I, I think I'm approaching this more... Um from the perspective, I, I don't know if you, you've read this article that's been floating around that back in the 1950s, they thought that by now we would surely only have 15-hour work weeks. Right. And the, the national question would be, what do we do with all this extra free time we have? <laughs> and since then, the work week has only gotten longer for most people. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that maybe there's there's a balance in there that, that isn't happening quite yet. But at the same time, like if they really need to work all those hours, then... I don't know, maybe that's just the way it has to be. Yeah, and here's the other thing, Gabby, is that if you look at the United States in particular, you know, the United States has a culture, right? And part of the United States' culture, I'm talking about if you go all the way back to the, really to the beginning of our republic, it has been about 
growth, working hard, making money, making it to the top, taking advantage of the fact the United States has, has upward social mobility, although people are arguing that, that, that those opportunities are diminishing nowadays. I don't know if that's true or not true. But a big part of the American culture is just this drive to push and to excel and to defeat the competition. And a lot of times that just takes a lot of hours committed to whatever it is you're, whatever it is you're doing. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing a study a few years ago um, that showed that on average Americans work something absurd like 300 hours more per year than most of their European counterparts. Yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah. lot more hours. And look, look at the difference, right? I mean, like, look where the United States – now, granted, we also have – Really good real estate in the United States, right? A lot of natural resources that's helped us helped our, our ascent. But um, you know, if you look at the two, if if I, that's actually a really fascinating question. If you look at the two cultures in that regard, and you look at how the United States has ascended, and the and and Europe on a relative basis has has descended, it's it's a really interesting anecdote. That's true. Um, I I think like maybe if you compare us to Scandinavian countries, I think maybe. On, on, I've seen a study showing that they're happier and they also work less hours. Um, they have less money, but they also have more time for important things like friends and family. But they're also not the global superpower. That's true. <laughs> and there are huge benefits that go along with that. That's absolutely true. Um, so I guess kind of in summation of everything, you need to decide for yourself as, a, as an investor, does corporate culture matter to you? Um, do you think that having this like hard charging culture is going to make a company better or not? And then look at it and take it into account when you're deciding what company to invest in long term. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, and, and the, the one other thing I would take away from all of this is that when you're an investor and you're sitting there and you have all these different news stories with conflicting information, there's a you have to figure out how you're going to handle all of that information. And I don't think that there's an easy formula to figure that out. But certainly thinking about that and thinking about the fact that anytime you're making a decision as an investor, you're going to be confronted with conflicting evidence. So coming to terms with that and being comfortable with the decisions that come out of that process, I think are really pivotal, pivotal to beating the market and having success as an individual investor. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week and have a great day. 